Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you and about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now. So you can live that life that you love with those that you love. But most importantly, guys, it's not just about being rich. It's about creating a rich life because as you're blessed financially, you can bless the lives of others. And that's what it means to create a ripple effect in the lives of the many around you. Thank you for allowing me to create that ripple effect through you and others as well. Thank you for binging and sharing and tuning in. As a reminder, go check our website, moneyripples.com. You can go there, actually go click on the passive income calculator and see how much passive income you can create in your situation right now. So go check that out. And if that number is looking awesome, make sure to contact us, reach out to us and say, hey, I would like to get an actual review of my situation. So go, sure, go be sure to do that today. Hey guys, have you wanted to invest in real estate? How would it be if you could do that with just $100 and get good, consistent returns? Well, that's exactly what our friends at Pre-REO does, where they buy these properties in bulk and at discount, be able to turn around and sell them or, and or rent them to create profits. And they do this in the crowdsourcing all your monies together. And as a result, pay you a consistent 7% return on your money paid monthly. And on top of that, guys, you even get some liquidity options too. So even though you can have your money in there for years, you're allowed to be able to access that money sooner if you needed to. So if you're interested in being able to invest in real estate with just $100 or more, whether you're accredited or not, go ahead and reach out to our friends at www.prereo.com forward slash money ripples. That's prereo.com forward slash money ripples. Check them out. So I had a you know, great weekend uh, you know, uh, just a little while ago with a bunch of dentists and orthodontists and people like that. And the, the theme of the event was talking about becoming anti-fragile. And there's actually a book that talks about this whole concept. Uh, and it's a huge, massive book, right? Uh, but the concept really is a great principle that you could apply not just, not just in general, right? Uh, I mean, it works in general. It works for money. It works for health. It works for everything. But it talks about how you're not just here, like when, when there's pressure that comes upon you, right? When the pressure happens, do you cave in? Do you become fragile? Do you break? Um, do you become too rigid and stiff? You know, and, and then in that sense, you actually are just, you just knuckle down and get through it. Or do you become stronger for the, that kind of perturbation that you go through, right? And there's actually a scientific law called perturbation, right? Uh, this is one I've talked about on episodes in the past. There's a law of perturbation. Uh, in the scientific law of perturbation, uh, they, were, they were doing you know, some tests on cells, right? And they were passing energy through cells. And they noticed as they started to crank up the energy, the cells would start to quake, right? And the molecules would quake, would quake and everything. And, and pretty soon it would kill it. But they noticed that if they did it to a certain degree, right when it started to quake, and it looked like it was about to destroy, it's about to get destroyed, but then they just left the pressure there. Pretty soon after a while, it evolved. 
it actually was able to take that amount of energy. And then, you know, you're able to increase the energy some more and increase its capacity. It actually evolved to be able to take that kind of energy through it. And it didn't die. It actually got stronger. And that same principle works in, in health. You know, if you're working out, of course, you, you might rip and tear muscles as you're, you know, doing those kind of things. But of course, as it's ripping and tearing, what seems like destroying, when in truth, it actually heals and becomes stronger, right? Those fibers collect more and they get stronger as they go. Same thing is true with anything in life, right? But that's also true financially. And that's also true with our personal lives too. Uh, I think back to 2008, you know, uh, for, for those, you know, that great period of time, I'm sure it was for some of you too. Uh, but for me, it was a really tough time, right? Because I had never dealt with a situation where I was over a million dollars in debt. Understand the worst situation I had before that was when I had credit card balances that were like five or $6,000, right? <laughs> and then to get to a place where I had positive equity, I had more than enough equity to pay off my debts and then some. And then all of a sudden with the crash, now I was upside down, right? And now I had less assets and I had to dig out of that hole. And I had to, you know, I ended up foreclosing on my house. I ended up, you know, turning in my Mercedes and turning the keys in and, and they auctioned it off for about $30,000 less than what I owed on it. And, and, and so on and so forth. I had collectors calling every day and it was tough. And I tried to be rigid through that time. I tried to be tough, right? And just hold my ground. I was like, I'm not going to cave in. I'm not going to do it. But I'll tell you the biggest benefit I had was that when I actually got to a place of surrender, right? Uh, and surrender doesn't mean you give up. What it does mean though, is saying, you know what? I'm going to be at peace with this. I'm going to allow it to, I'm going to allow it to occur. However, it's going to occur. I'm going to keep following the principles the way I know work from this point forward, right? I'm just going to keep applying the principles and I knew that I knew as I kept creating value for people, I kept serving people and trying to solve problems. I knew eventually I would dig out of that hole. And I knew they had to work because those principles always work. It's an eternal principle that dollars follow the value you create for others. And I knew that I needed the income to come in to help pay for those debts and help get me, get me out of that situation because there was no credit card that was going to save me. I had no credit. I had no savings left. I'd burned through all of that. Uh, all I had left was really was just my, my own human capital, what I brought to the table. And what's amazing is that when I got to that place of surrender, when I said, you know what, I'm just going to keep staying the course, even if it takes me 20 years, I'm going to do it. And once I got to that place of surrender, rather than fighting against it, right, or just caving in, and there was times I wanted to cave in too. There was times that I wanted to just crawl into a corner and just wet myself, right? It was so bad. It was so hard to go through that. But to be able to come out on the other side, it's like, you know what? I'm at peace with this. And as that, that built that strength up, that faith that built, as a result, I was actually able to dig out of that hole much, much faster than I was fighting against it. And that's the key with, with this whole concept. You know, when we talk about becoming anti-fragile, right? Uh, same thing as we were raised as kids, you know, in the 70s and 80s. You know, uh, it, we, we played until dark, till the streetlights came on. And sometimes when the streetlights came on, you played a little bit longer because you had some light, right? But I mean, that was like your, your turn, your, your hint to go home, you know? Uh, we scraped ourselves, bumped our knees, we got sick. We didn't go run to the hospital at every little, little sniffle or sneeze. Like we went, stayed at home, you know? I remember if I had a stomach illness, basically that meant soda crackers, soup, and, and, uh, and having Sprite, right? And, uh, and that was it, you know, we didn't go to the doctors unless it got really bad, unless it went for a few days. Nowadays, I've seen people take their kids to the doctor for 
everything, anything that happens. Are we really teaching our next generation to be tough? Are we teaching them to be, now, I'm not talking about being stupid, right? Like not overly like rigid, but like, are we teaching them really how to be stronger? And it's same thing with our own lives. I mean, we have to give participation and trophies for everything, right? Well, is there a way that we can actually become tougher, you know, and stronger? And I know that there's days coming ahead that our grit is going to be tested within us. What are we going to do about it? So I want to talk about this now with financial, you know, your financial plan, right? You know, financial planning, whatever you want to do. Again, we more refer to it as anti-financial planning with what we do. But I'll tell you that any good financial plan requires flexibility, requires options. Like you've often heard me say is that when you create more cash flow, you create more options. And when you have more options, you have more freedom, right? And I want you to think about the traditional financial plan model, right? It's save everything, spend nothing, just keep pumping that money into those, say, those mutual funds or into that retirement account. And that's it. It's really got one level of, of security. One, it's locked up. They don't want you touching it before you're 59 and a half, especially if it's IRAs or 401ks, right? So if you do touch it, they make it tough. If you're working for a job, think about this. If you want to be flexible, and this is what it means, I think, to be anti-fragile, right? And to, to be able to roll with the punches, to be able to create more options. Think about this. You don't have freedom or options with a 401k. If you're working for a job, that money is stuck. Now, you could get a loan up to $50,000, but if you have a half million in there, they won't let you get any more than that. And they only let you get up to half of whatever's in that 401k. On top of that, you know, if you want to get the money out more than that, you either have to quit your job or get fired, right? That's not a great option either. We don't want to do that, you know, and we don't have to take out a loan on that where it does require you to pay it back pretty aggressively. Uh, it's not fun. If you, for example, if you take out 50,000 as a loan from a 401k out of your paychecks, they're automatically deducting it. You're going to be paying about 900 or so dollars a month, probably about 950 a month or so, depending on what they're, what the terms are. That's almost $1,000 a month for that $50,000. So I've had some people say, hey, I'm going to buy a rental property with this, $50,000, boom. And they drop it. But if their cash flow is only like four, dollars $500 a month, now they're paying for a property that now has no cash flow, right? 2008, one of the problems I had with some of my properties is that when I invested, I didn't invest for cash flow, right? I was investing for appreciation. It had to go up in value for me to make money. So as a result, like when things got tight, you know, and especially as values dropped, then I really started to look at the cash flow. Like, well, I can't sell it. Oh, now it's costing me. I'm pulling money out of my pocket because I thought I would just make that money back in appreciation. Dumb move, right? I had no other options. I had to go and, and you know, actually was able, luckily with my rentals, I was able to sell them for pretty much about what I owed, Right. But I didn't make any money on those deals and they were just costing me money. So really I lost money in, in the grand scheme of things on, on those deals. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's tough, right? You gotta be flexible in your planning. So everything about traditional financial plans, especially when you sink money into your house, think about this, you throw extra money and payments onto your house to pay down your loans, right? When things get tough, and this is what happened to me, I put extra money in equity in my house, but when I needed the money, that's exactly when you can't get it. The banks won't give you money when you need it. They won't let you have it. You have to go and sell your house, which is what I had to do. And the sad thing is because it was owned by Lehman Brothers, they wouldn't let me sell the house or short sell the house even for less than what it was owed. But they did let me foreclose on the house. <laughs> they ended up selling the house for 170000 less than what the offer was that we gave them for somebody else buying the house. 
because why? Because they could, right? And, uh, and that's just, uh, that just doesn't work. Again, you need that flexibility. You need the ability to make those things work. In traditional financial planning, you do not have flexibility. Usually it's about, if you think about like the Dave Ramsey's advice that's out there, it's aggressively paying off your mortgage, paying off all your debts, right? You know, you'll have some cash, you'll have some savings, which is good. That's one good thing that he does teach. But, and, and also getting, you know, very uh, tracking your money on a really good basis. Great. Some of those first few baby steps, awesome, right? But when it gets beyond that, like how you pay off your debt and how much money you're using and how you save your money, what you save it in, you really have very full flexibility. And in fact, if that one strategy doesn't work, you're toast, right? If you don't happen to get enough returns out of the stock market, which you don't control anyways, and those returns aren't enough, how are you going to retire now? You put everything, you put all your chips on the table, hoping and gambling and praying that that would work somehow, but it didn't, did it? That's the difference. See, when we do a plan, we try to create options, right? Because again, options create freedom. So like, for example, like we, we do like to have liquid cash reserves. Great. That's awesome. You need to have that. Can we keep it in multiple places rather than just keep it in the bank? Because what if the bank goes out of business? Because that's never happened in history, like the Great Depression, where 50% of banks went under, hey, that's not a place to necessarily keep all your money, is it? You know, Even with FDIC, that's a new protection since the depression. That doesn't guarantee you're going to have money either because they don't have enough to cover uh, even 10% of banks failing or 5% of banks failing. They've got less money than that. So we got to make sure um, that we've, we're protected there. So can we diversify our savings in different places and get a better return? Cash flow is so important. Getting passive income you know, I'll, I'll get clients to say, Hey, my goal, my goal is growth, right? Say that 10 times fast goal is growth. You know, okay. I can do it. So anyways, you say that your, your goal is growth and, uh, and they say, oh, I'm okay. Putting that money out and not getting paid on it for a while, because I know that it's going to pay out maybe five years or three years or four years, something like that. Well, if it does that great, but if you don't get paid anything in the meantime, what happens if that investment might go south? It's very possible. Uh, although, like somebody asked me just the other day, they're like, have you had investments go under? I'm like, not really. Like nothing that's said they completely lost all their money. Um, there's been some that have got returns that were less than what they were predicting, but not necessarily losing money. Um, but when we're looking at that. It's like, well, but that could still happen. Anything can happen, right? You just never know. Well, if you haven't been paid any cash in the meantime, you didn't get any of your money back, did you? Right? So a lot of times we recommend, how do we create passive income now? Getting paid some of the returns. Even if it means you get less growth on the back end, you got paid some of those returns now. If anything did happen, at least you got some of your money back. That happened with a family member of mine where he was getting paid 30% a year on investment. And he was doing that for well over a year or so. So the good news is he got back probably like a 50% total return. Um, he didn't, he ended up losing, they ended up losing the principal during the last recession. So he lost his money, but at least he got 50% of that money back in interest payments that he was paid to himself. That was good. Um, uh, and, and again, cash flow is so important. Passive income is so important because it's, it's an essential component to ensure that you keep getting paid. This is why even if you do syndications, right, if you're investing in pooling your money with other people, you know, if they pay you like a, what's called a preferred return, right? A preferred rate of return, which means it's like a minimum baseline return they pay you each quarter typically, right? So they might pay you something like an 8% preferred return or 2% a quarter, right? Or 10% or even 12%. We have some of those deals with our clients that are, you know, at least 10 or 12% on the preferred return side. 
And those are great because you get regular stable cash flow and you can get some growth. And a lot of times you even get tax benefits too to go with it, right? And so there's, there's ways to minimize that risk and adjust your plan accordingly. Uh, I think the riskiest thing you have in financial planning, the traditional model, is that it's always based on someday. It's a projection out to someday, not right now. Because the only thing we can control is right now. You don't even know if you'll be alive by the time that financial plan is supposed to work, do you? So what, did it, what difference did it make for you right now, right here with you and your family? It doesn't, right? It really does very little. Most people that get excited about those kind of financial plans are about the possibility of what could happen 30 or 40 years, not about what's happening in reality. Uh, even when I hear people talking about like Dave Ramsey, they're going to pay off their debt in 13 years. I'm like, you're excited about that? You'll be completely debt-free in 13 years? Well, you're excited about something that hasn't even occurred yet. You don't know what will happen between now and then. How do you adjust? How do you, can you be flexible enough? Or are you going to be stuck with that big payment because you now have this 15 or 10-year mortgage and now you're stuck and you want to refinance it, but you can't because you lost your job. So you're stuck with this big payment, hoping you can sell your house and hoping that things haven't gone crazy in the market where people will actually buy your house, right? All those things, you got to address those contingencies or those possible risks that could be happening to you. So those are things we're talking about here. You want to make sure that a plan can be adjusted right? Anything can roll with the punches. There's multiple exits, right? If I buy an investment property, I know because people always say, well, that seems risky. What if another 2008 occurs? What if it does? Okay. What if values go down? The good news is, is I'm profitable. I'm getting net profit from that cash flow. I may not want to sell it because it's paying me more than it costs me. Great. I love it. You know? And the good thing is usually when there's a recession like that, like last time it drove rents up. So if that's the case, awesome. Then I get even a raise with my money. I don't need it to be there. I also don't leverage all of my properties to the hilt. You know, they generally have at least from day one, 20 or 25% equity in the property. So even if there is a drop and the drops aren't going to be likely to be as big as what happened last time, but even if they are again, cash flow is essential, right? That passive income is essential. There's multiple ways to get it. I could sell it and get cash out. If, if it doesn't drop in value, if something goes wrong, maybe the the renters aren't great, or maybe it's just a pain in the butt. And I don't want to deal with the property anymore. Great. I've got equity. I can sell it and get out. I've got flexibility. I can move. If something happens in my personal life, I could sell those properties, get the cash out if we need it, right? Again, we don't want to kill the golden goose, but we could. There's all those options, right? And by the way, I don't get a 10% penalty when I sell property. You know, Now, I might get a 6% sales commission uh, from the realtor, but I'm not even worried about penalties and big taxes. And even if there are tax situations, I can roll that money over. It just depends. I mean, I can do so many different things with that option. And, uh, and, that's, and that's what I think is so essential. Again, traditional financial planning, they bank on one strategy. And that's become debt-free and then, and then build up your savings to the point where you can actually live off of it, right? And live on less than the interest so that you can adjust for inflation and everything else. But you can't control all those factors. You know, there's so little control, so much risk, so little returns in those places that anything in the traditional model, stocks, mutual funds, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's not worth it. It's not for the risk adjusted returns. It's like negative return for you guys. It's just not worth it. And so my, that's my goal to you guys is really help you understand you need that flexibility. You need that kind of plan. Um, by the way, even on the infinite banking side, you know, so many people are like, yeah, but Chris, what if I can't pay that premium? You know, because we'll set a premium with a maximum, but there's also a minimum. And the minimum is usually like anywhere from like 20 to 
So even if they put the maximum like 50,000 a year, the cool thing is the minimum is maybe like 10,000 a year. So there's a flexibility range, right? Um, this is the thing I didn't have before in the last recession is that when I bought a whole life plan, the traditional infinite banking plan, there was no cash value for the first couple of years, zero, right? Everything went to the insurance costs. And I just met with somebody this week, same situation. They, they, they put money into that plan, didn't have anything until the third year. Well, my problem was my, when I finally hit my third year, it was 2008. I didn't have the cash to keep paying those premiums. The 25,000 I paid into those plans, gone. Kaput, because it all went to commissions and sales and, and, and insurance costs and things like that. As opposed to what I do now, where when we design a plan, somebody puts in $50,000, there's 40,000 in there right from day one that they can access, they can pull out. And the great thing is, is that even if they didn't pay another dime into it, if they just left that 40 grand in there, that could actually carry the policy for life. <laughs> so they don't even run out of money because it pays for itself by the third or fourth year at the latest anyways. Um, so the great thing is, is that there's so much more flexibility. See, if I had had that plan back then, I would have never had to lose it. I could have let it keep going and let it be this extra buffer for me. But because I didn't, I didn't have that cash up front because it wasn't designed that way. I lost it. So when people say, well, what happens if I can't pay the premium? Great. Well, as long as we got enough to pay just the minimum, we're good. You know, even if it's a, you know, 20,000 max a year, well, guess what? The minimum on that is like $4,000. If you can at least pay 4,000 bucks, you're fine. And even if you can't pay 4,000, if there's at least 4,000 in the policy, you just pull it out, put it right back in and it goes back in your cash again. So it, it ended up paying for itself anyways. So again, flexibility, that is the key. Anytime you really want to tr be truly anti-fragile, you know, we talked about emotionally, mentally, things like that, spiritually, so important to be able to adjust and evolve and become stronger despite whatever comes at you. The same thing should be true of your financial plan. Even the anti-financial plan that we create, it's got to allow you to be flexible and so that you can be strong no matter which winds blow, that you can be prepared where you can expect the best, but still prepare for the worst. Guys, if you want to be able to know like, hey, can I do something here? Is there a way to do that? Again, you can always reach out to us, moneyripples.com. Go to the contact us page. You can reach out and say, hey, I would like to know if there's a way you guys can create a plan for me. You know, something that allows me to be protected, especially if crap hits the fan. I want to know I'm protected. That's exactly what we offer, guys. Um, if, especially if you've got at least a few hundred thousand in savings and or equity in your home or in retirement accounts, we should be talking. So anyways, you can reach out to us at moneyripples.com. But remember, the best plans are the ones that you can adjust and, and be able to move and be flexible because options are what create freedom. Make it a great day, guys. Hey! Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.